This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. City may be without manager Pep Guardiola, but they'll still be hoping for a steely performance in South Yorkshire this weekend. City have only lost once in the league since the year 2000 against Sheffield United. Everything's going to be okay, right? Well, let's hope. I'll be joined by Hal from Chef United Way to discuss the game from the opposition preview. It's Friday, the 25th of August. I'm Amos Murphy, and this is the City Report Podcast. So I'm joined at the City Report podcast by Hal from the Chef United Way, coming from sunny Cyprus. Um, Hal, I'm, I'm guessing you've been asked this a million one times before, but was Sheffield that bad you had to escape? Yeah. <laughs> My wife is uh, Greek Cypriot, her family live in Cyprus, you know, I dedicated 35 years watching the Blades home and away, I thought... We're allowed a couple of years for her, so we're out in Cyprus. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was either Yorkshire or, you know, the the the, the delights of the Mediterranean. So I'm surprised you've uh, you've you've taken that decision up. I have to say, I'm not at all. It was it would have been an easy one for me as well. But um, I'm delighted to have you. Obviously, for people who don't know, we've we've met before. We were on the the, the telly box, as they say in these parts, uh, back in April, head of the FA Cup semi final, and. Um, Thank you very much for coming on the show. We'll, we'll get straight into it then. But obviously, we're here to speak about Sunday's game between Sheffield United and Manchester City. Before we get to that in part two, as always, I just want to focus on the opposition itself. And I guess sitting here after two games of the Premier League season, a lot of people would have expected two defeats. But in actual fact, I'm, 
having watched the games, I'm not sure the the two results reflect Blade's performance. I, may, maybe they deserved to lose, but I feel, I feel like a lot of people are expecting them to be sort of rolled over. That hasn't been the case, has it, in the games against Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest? This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, small town Welsh football club, is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. We never get hammered. Um, we, we will, if we're going to lose, we'll have a go. But uh, you also look at it like this. On paper... If there is two games to start the season where you've got to pick up points as a team that's favourite for relegation, Palace and Forest are probably two games where you've got to get a result and we've lost both of them. Whether we played well or not is kind of immaterial Mm. because in the Premier League, it's only 38 games. In a 46-game championship season where you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, you can quickly get back into it after dropping points. Feels like a longer wait and each point feels a little bit more valuable. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess you mentioned it there, favourites for relegation. Um, it, was it a surprise last year to go up? Obviously, Paul Heckenbottom came in under, I don't know, he, he sort of like under the shadow, I guess. I, I don't think a lot of people were expecting him to be the, the mastermind that had returned Sheffield United to the Premier League after after a couple of seasons in the top flight. But in actual fact, it was pretty comfortable. Obviously, Burnley had a record-breaking season and it never felt like, even from that, spring period United were ever going to drop out of that top two so was it has it caught you by surprise a little bit being back in the Premier League this early do you feel like the club was ready for it or we've seen it before you know a couple more seasons in the championship build up those players build up that uh that transfer kitty because we'll get on to the people who well mainly have left the club and, and what sort of shape that's left Sheffield United in but did did we were you expecting to be in the Premier League this season yes also <laughs> uh Thanks for calling us United. Massive respect there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, anyone who, anyone who calls us Sheffield, I just instantly leave. Yes. So. That is something that I um I, I've you won't like this, but I've got a friend who's a, a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and, and again, you know, I, I have to say Wednesday, or I do get beaten on the head. So I, I have full respect. I know it is, and, and listeners as well, it is Sheffield United. Sheffield FC are a completely different club. They're the third club in that city. Yeah, and the first club, the first ever football club. Indeed, so without Sheffield, uh, there is no football. And, uh, you know, it's the city that football was invented and created and the first football club is Sheffield FC. So, yeah, when you say Sheffield, you're talking about Sheffield FC. The fact that you said United, brilliant. Uh, yeah, we did expect to go up. We had to go up. Financially, we had to go up. Uh, we've we, we've done it. Paul Heckenbottom was, for, for a lot of people, not the first choice. He was mine. Uh, he was appointed on my birthday. Nice. Uh, was it a coincidence? You decide. <laughs> and he's uh, really just run with it. Uh, what we didn't expect was to go up and then lose his best players. But, uh, you know, Nottingham Forest experienced that with uh, Campbell and then Pierre Van Hooydonk refusing to play back in the day for 
younger people that will remember that and we might be going through something similar yeah let's get straight on to recruitment because I feel like um, it's probably been the biggest talking point for the club in the pre-season obviously we are two games into the season but transfer window is still open actually on the day of recording I'm I'm hearing uh, from Sky Sports News no official sources that uh, Cameron Archer is uh, is Bramall laying bound so that'll be interesting when we start looking at, at the fixture itself but the big one, Ndi. He's a, a fantastic player. Obviously, player of the season for United last year. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And and Sander Berger, who's who, I don't think it's that long ago there was when he was a youngster. There were rumours that City were looking at him or at least scouting him, and that gives you the sort of um, idea of just how good he is. On a scale of one to ten, then sort of one being, you know, we'll, we'll brush it off. Ten being cataclysmic. How big of a loss are those two players heading into the new year? If I take him separately, Sander, I think the thing with Sander is you can probably summarise his entire time at Sheffield United by the fact that none of us ever agreed how to say his surname. <laughs> Which, you, know, you heard him say it himself several different times in different ways. When he joined Burnley, he said it was Burge. When he joined Sheffield United, he said it was Berge. Uh, Berg, Berger. <laughs> no idea. So uh, he goes, and for me, not a great loss. I, I never really felt like Sander gave us consistency. That's interesting. Uh, on his day, on his day was fantastic, but he wasn't on his day every mm. day. Um, but he would take games by the scruff of the neck and dictate them when he was. Uh, could bully teams and, and create and also score. Wonderful. On his day. Off his day, he would lose out simple headers to players half his size and go missing. And uh, you don't need that in the Premier League. I think that uh, Gustavo Hamer, who we've uh, effectively replaced him with, is going to be a really, really great signing. It's a shame he's a year older than, than Sander. That would have been even better business if you can get a youngster. Yeah. But uh, we move, as the youngsters do say. And Illiman and Dai, uh, that's 10. That's, that's your cataclysmic. And, uh, you know, if, if Man City had come in for Illy, he's still at Sheffield United. If Real Madrid had come in for Illy, he's still at Sheffield United. If Barcelona had come in for Illy, he's still at the Blades. If Marseille had come calling, that's why we lost him. He's a Marseille fan. I get that. It's rare in football. It wasn't a money decision. He would have been offered one of the best contracts in Sheffield United's history. Mm. And he decided to go to Marseille. And we'll probably, maybe when he writes a book one day, but we'll probably never know exactly what it was that made him change his mind from saying, yes, I'll sign a new contract at Sheffield United and stay, to days later saying, no, actually, I am I am going to join Marseille. bit of the Fabian Delph about him. Um, going back on the word there, it would be interesting. Is it true that Illiman Ndai's transfer was effectively confirmed by his girlfriend sharing news that they were selling <laughs> furniture on Facebook Marketplace? <sighs> well, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's his girlfriend, his fiancée, or his wife. Um or all three. Uh, <laughs> no, I just don't know what she is. Yeah. I don't know if he's married. Uh, is what I mean by that. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I mean that did happen, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if after that he'd said actually I'll stay, and then again ch- I changed my. I genuinely don't know. You know, I've I've reached out to Illy. He's someone who has spoken off the record to Sheffield United way before. Mm. Currently, he's not doing that again, and I totally understand that. And maybe we'll get to speak to him in the future. So I, I really don't know, and I don't really want to guess because he seemed like a great lad. And actually, I'm one of the few, maybe not few, I'm a Sheffield United fan who genuinely just wishes him well. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess he, going back to it years and years ago, we had a player, Sean Wright Phillips, who who made that big money move. And, and for a lot of fans, it was like, oh, why would you leave? Why would you leave? You know, we're a Premier League club. Chelsea aren't aren't that much bigger, was what they were saying. Obviously, at the time, Chelsea in the Champions League yeah. and fight for Premier Leagues. But I, I similarly, you know, you love seeing those players you idolise. Although it hurts, you love seeing them go on to... Um, experience stuff that perhaps you won't be able to offer them in your career who knows it would be really interesting to see him in the Premier League he, for anyone who didn't get to watch him in the Championship he really lit it up from from day one of that campaign I remember seeing you know goals and, and thinking yes this could be this could be a real gem um, but I guess there's there's enough decent players in the Premier League we can't have them all one of those you said Gustavo Hamer who has come up from the Championship with United albeit from a team who stayed down in the second tier. Coventry obviously lost the uh, playoff final against Luton. He's an interesting player. He's a really interesting player. Sheffield United beat off the likes of Burnley, beat off the likes of Lees to get to his signature. Um, Just what is he going to offer, do you reckon, for this team? And how will that differ from Sander, Berger, Burge, Berger, uh, who has obviously gone on to to be uh, sold to Burnley? He will score goals. As we he saw on Friday, goal. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and what a goal. Um, he will be a box-to-box. He's a player that can drive forward, but can also get back and do the dirty stuff. We've got Vinicius Souza, who we've signed. He played at Espanyol uh, last season on loan from Lomel, part of the City group. Uh, Vinny Souza, I like a lot. He's going to do the dirty work to maybe allow Hamer to burst forward and, and perhaps be a little bit more of an attacking threat. Uh, that creative spark that we really need because, wow, even pre-season we've looked so devoid of creativity that it doesn't matter if you sign Cameron Archer. If you're not creating, it doesn't matter how good the striker mm-hmm. is, they'll have to do it all themselves. And hopefully Hamer is going to be that guy that does create. And actually, with everyone fit, I think our midfield's starting to look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, I, I reckon it's getting to a point where... A team is looking like it's there. A squad is looking like it's there. And, mm. and I guess the the issue, going back to it, expectations for the season, um, relegation, I think... You know what? I didn't have Sheffield United in my bottom three. Um, well, neither did I. Oh, well, there we go. There, there's another thing in common. But um, I guess yours was was for different reasons than mine. I My, my bold prediction was I, I reckon one of Blades and Luton Town were going to stay up and... Maybe it was a flip of the coin, I don't know, but I, I sided with Sheffield United. Um, that's what I'm telling you anyway. Wait until the Luton podcaster comes on and I've got a completely different answer. But no, I, I could see a world where Sheffield United stay up. I don't think they're as bad as a lot of people made out. Um, I think Wolves are, are gone and I think there's a couple of other teams who are in major danger. But hand on heart, do you think you can stay up or do you think you will stay up? Because obviously you told us you think you can, but do you think come May there's a, a, a scenario where Sheffield United are preparing for a, for a back-to-back seasons in the Premier League again? I know which Luton podcaster you'll get on and he once said I look like Dynamo. And <laughs> I, he, he meant it as an insult, but I was actually okay with that because I do look a, I do look a bit like a magician. So I'm okay with that. I mean, um, I've had worse, a lot worse uh, on Twitter, uh, even today. Uh, So I think we will uh, stay up if the signings that we need to make, because the transfer window hasn't slammed shut. It doesn't Mm. close, as we know. It's slammed shut. It hasn't slammed shut yet. So you may be asking me that question on the 2nd of September. I might have a different answer because I know exactly what we need to bring in. And if we get our business done right, Sheffield United have a fighting chance 
of staying up. If we don't do the deals that we need to do, no, we will be behind the eight ball. We have a really tricky start. Also, if you ask me this after our Everton game, because I think Man City is a free hit. Mm. Everton, Bramall Lane, that is a huge game because Everton look turd. Yeah. And if we can beat them, then we have not lost our first four because then we've got Manchester United. Then it starts to get really, you know, Tottenham, then it starts to get really, really tricky. You don't want to be six games in, zero points. You're way off the pace by that point. So a lot of different factors will make my decision. And it'll be signings, result against Everton. I mean, amazingly, could we pick up a point or two in, in games we're not expected to? Mm. We certainly did when we were promoted last time under Chris Wilder, 2019-20, uh, when we finished ninth. And uh, we started the season strong. And actually, if you start well, momentum can usually be enough to kick on. But we've also had a season under Dave Bassett where we didn't win a game till Christmas and still survived. So, <laughs> yeah. And roundabouts. yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, I, I just wanted to sort of rewind and, and not to, to sort of uh, bring back those those fantastic memories because obviously it was it was cut short for a fan perspective from COVID. Um, Chef United, was it? In, in terms of the history of, of best ever Premier League seasons, where... Are we talking? Yeah, that's it. That was the best ever one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And in fact, when, when COVID hit, uh, our last game at home was Norwich. Uh, we just beat them 1-0 with Billy Sharp scoring. We were sixth or fifth in the league. We were about to play Newcastle away. They had both their goalkeepers out. Then Mikel Arteta, I, think, I believe it was, um, contracted yeah. COVID and the season was was halted. Then we had that long delay. We didn't know how long the delay was going to be. And I'll tell you now, that delay, there's no team that suffered more yeah. than Sheffield United. We came back and looked dreadful and we were properly on form we were riding the crest of a wave I really think not just that season the entire future of Sheffield United would have been different we would have qualified for Europe we'd have Mm. been able to attract serious players we'd have stayed up the following season we'd have just kicked on and we'd probably be kind of where Villa are now as it is we've come up having lost many many good players since then and we're going to struggle just to grab any point from anyone and we don't look anywhere near the cohesive unit we were in that season. Because it was, it, it, I'll say the word, it, it was kind of revolutionary what Chris Wilder was doing, obviously. Um, not anymore. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, going back to that, the, the overlapping centre-backs, and it, it caused teams all sorts of problems. I remember a ding-dong battle against United at Bramall Lane, and to tie this into the current season, how important is it? Obviously, you you, you know what Premier League experience you have, and, and that counts for something compared to a team like Luton. But we saw with Nottingham Forest last year when they've had a, a hiatus from the league, that sort of that that very traditional. It's one of the best grounds in the Premier League, Bramall Lane, and and the City Ground and and uh, Selhurst Park. You know, for me anyway. Um, but in terms of that very compact, that on top of the on top of the pitch, raucous atmosphere. How many of your points have to come from there? Because going away to the likes of City, Liverpool, United, Chelsea is well, maybe not Chelsea, but you know those sort of teams. Brighton, we can chuck them in there now. That's going to be very difficult. It's going to be di- it's going to be difficult to stay in games, let alone get points. So, how how important is it that Bramall Lane returns to that fortress we saw in 2019-20, pre February of that year? I'd like to say it'd be really important. I don't know how much importance I place on. On home support, our away support is incredible. Um, yeah, it always true. is away teams, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's louder. We sell out every single game. It's impossible to get a ticket. Uh, Palace, their home support is tremendous. They've got that wonderful following behind the goal with mm. their ultras. Yet it hasn't seemed to translate into their Selhurst Park being a fortress. 
So I don't know. I think a lot of pros nowadays, they can kind of just block it all out. Um, for us, I think the thing that was so important with COVID, a lot of fans think it was fans not being there. I genuinely just think we were riding the crest of a wave. We had tremendous momentum. And had we not had that break at that time, because we still had some good results without fans. We beat Tottenham at home. We beat Chelsea. Um, got a good result against Wolves, I remember. Um, I'm not sure. I think it'll be mainly now, and probably football has changed so much, down to lack of mistakes, uh, tactical decision-making, and just being very, very careful with the ball. Because if you make a mistake, like we saw against Nottingham Forest in the first three minutes where Max Lowe did an air kick and you can't put it down to fatigue because it's three minutes in, <laughs> we end up losing by one goal. Mm. And you can look at that mistake and say, well, that was it. You know, as soon as we conceded first with Sheffield United, if we do concede first, I always feel like we're not going to win. Mm. Uh, if we score first, I think we can be pretty good at the back. And that was what happened with us in 2019-20. We scored very few goals. Our top goal scorer has got seven. <laughs> But we, uh, but we didn't concede. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, that that season was fascinating, truly fascinating to watch, Blaze. It, it was, it was really, really fun. Obviously, until uh, until COVID, and, and like a lot of things in life, it was fun until COVID. Um, we'll call it there for part one. Join us after this very quick ad break, and then we'll continue our look ahead to Sunday's match. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. I have Hal from Chef United Way with me. Um, let's start speaking about the game itself then, because it's, I guess, a lot of people, both in the City camp, in the Sheffield United camp, are probably writing this one off as a, as a pretty simple win. Usually, listeners will know my pessimistic self. I will not allow that, and I'm actually quite nervous, um, not least because our manager's ruled out with a fitness problem. Pep Guardiola is uh, going to be away from the touchline. Uh, maybe maybe heard the, the, the Bramall Lane crowd back in sweat. 20 and 4 I want none of that um, but in terms of how uh, Sheffield United are going to set up is it going to be that typical sort of back three we came accustomed to in the Premier League obviously Heckingbottom's got his own styles I assume you'll tell us about it but how how what can what can City supporters and neutrals expect to see from Blades at Bramall Lane on 2 o'clock UK time Sunday afternoon might see a 5-4-1 okay. might see a 3-5-2 might see a 3 um, you saw us, of course, in the FA Cup semi-final. Let's hope for a more competitive fixture. I said to you uh, before that that I would take a shot on target. We had one. It was right at the start I was going to say, game. was it in like the first 10 seconds yeah. or something and like I, that? And I turned to my pal that I was with and I said, right, we can go because that's it. Mm. We are not going to have another chance. And we didn't. Uh, and, I, and I think a lot of Blades felt that way. We knew we had to take our chance. We knew we'd get one. If we took it, I think, it, like I said to you, I think it'd been a completely different completely different game it could have gone one of two ways one oh you've poked the bear 
we've annoyed Man mm. City now and you, you know come out and thrashed us, or we could have done a proper backs to the wall blades defensive display, and that's what of course I hoped for, and that's why I flew all that way. <laughs> uh, but it didn't it didn't happen, and I think this time round it'll be a very similar story. I think it'll be a very similar way that we line up. We might try a little bit more attacking intent because of course we're at home. We might have to force the issue, but City City will pass around. Technically, they'll be excellent. There'll be a lot of one-touch. I think it'll be actually quite similar to the Women's World Cup final, Yeah, uh, City yeah. being Spain. I think that's how it will play out. Uh, w- will we create anything? If we do, we've got to take it. And I'll actually say that for every single game in the Premier League because we've hardly created anything in uh, the Palace and Forest games. Every chance we take will be crucial to survival. And also, I'd like us to score a meaningful goal against <laughs> Manchester City because it's been a long time. We scored against City... Uh, away with Lise Mousse, but it was disallowed by VAR. Uh, that would have been 1-0 to United in that nineteen twenty season. Uh, still one of those ones where I think, I mean, come along. That was, it, it was like toenail <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I, mean, I hate, I hate, I hate VAR. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's completely, I hate the Premier League. But <laughs> I think VAR particularly, uh, I, I don't love football like I used to because no, of Agreed, VAR. agreed. Yeah, um, it, I, I've, I've vented meaningless hours on my hatred for VAR and and I mean we've we've seen it even at the start of this season just some of the decisions that are being made it, it it's depressing it really is depressing but I, it's funny you mentioned that the head-to-head record just looking through it the last Sheffield United win against City coming back in 2008 that was an FA Cup game you've got to go oh yeah the balloons yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to go all the way back until January I was at that one I remember that one very well any anything that you remember? I was eight years old. Um, so yeah, Michael Ball uh, swiping a white balloon thrown from a City fan uh, when he thought it was the ball. <laughs> and uh, that sounds that our, sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. And our striker nipping in and, and and doing what we needed to do. Uh, Brian Robson was our manager. Oh then, wow, uh, Manchester United legend. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we had some we had some pretty good players back then that you'd have in that season that you'd look back and go, wow, I didn't even know they were at Sheffield United. You know, So we had, uh, in that season, I think we had Phil Bardsley, we had Gary Cahill, we had uh, Lee Martin, um, Luton Shelton, God rest his soul up front, who actually scored in that game. Uh, some very, very exciting players that uh, some of them went on to have truly yeah, tremendous careers. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, but you, you've got to go even further than that back to see the, fir- the the last Sheffield United league when it came, when the, both teams were in the second tier, January 2000. Is there any optimism? that I was at that one as well. Uh, <laughs> any more exciting than, than the balloon situation? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, if I remember that one right, Michael Brown scored. Um, I think we won 1-0 and we just signed him from Man City. Yeah, yeah. City uh, legend Michael Brown as well, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think I've got that game right. Uh, legend, um, yeah, doing a lot of heavy lifting. But Michael Brown's ace, he, he was class and, and is class. Michael Brown was, was a legend yeah. at Sheffield United, like an actual goal-scoring legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of Sunday's game, is is there any sort of hope, any optimism that no. it... <laughs> you didn't even know what the question was. I was going to say that it wasn't okay, going to be no. a 6-0 defeat. I'm a Sheffield United fan. <laughs> there is no hope and there is no optimism. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, I know, I know what you mean. But in terms of the actual game itself, I mean, I, I afford Sheffield United more chance than than most people. I afford most opponents more chance than most people. But I, I, I genuinely do think, given the fact City have had uh, the game against Newcastle was was tetchy in parts, but controlled in others. 
it's just different when you go away from home. And, and I think that's probably what Blades will be hoping is the case in terms of ending. What are we now? 23 years since the last league win. Um, Quick maths. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't, well, it's me age and I, I knew it was the year I was born. So I just thought about that. Um, but, you know, it is, it is going back a few years. Um, it, uh, really? No, nothing. No hope at all. Um, well, look, you know, if, if City score early, it sucks the life out of the yeah, crowd. So yeah. that, that could change things. If we score early, like we did against Manchester United back in uh, 2006, 2007 in the Premier League, Keith Gillespie scored really early against Manchester United. Great season. And, and we were, I was on the cop and I was thinking, here we go. We're going we're gonna to beat Manchester United with Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> in their ranks. And of course we didn't. And, uh, and and it sort of I learned a lesson that day, which is never, even when you're winning, have any hope against the big boys because <laughs> you've got no chance. And we never really ever do beat a team that goes on to win the Premier League. <laughs> I can't think of any. It's just uh, it just doesn't happen. And all our big wins we remember like yesterday. We've got a very mm. good record against Everton. We've got a very good home record against Arsenal. But other than that, it's it's slim pickings and. We will do very well to get anything out of this game. If you can take a few points of Arsenal later on in the season, that'll be uh, that'll be fantastic. Well, actually, that's a good point. So later on in the season, if you were playing this game at Bramall Lane, I'd think differently because we've got so many new signings. It'll be like eight new signings. Yeah. That's a lot for a team of eleven. Um, they haven't had time to gel. Right. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that'll have a big impact. It, it is interesting actually when you when you put it like that, and, and obviously later on in the season, if expectations play out, United will probably be battling for relegation, and that turns that stadium that visit into a completely different scenario because exactly. because it does become much more vociferous um finally then Hal before we get out of here who, danger men um in terms of the players in the squad at the moment that face I said a lot um but uh there's a there's an effort uh, I was watching match today first game of the season um a, a curling effort was it from uh, uh, Osula? Osula. yeah Osula that yeah. that shot that just killed Brad. I mean fantastic curl on it um he was unlucky not to score I, I suppose he could cause yeah, he's a never scored whatever <laughs> He's a striker no. who has never scored. <laughs> yeah, he's never scored in the first team. Um, so Asula, he is so cooler, but uh, he needs to be slightly cooler in, in front, front of goal. goal. Yeah, so nice. Yeah, it'd be great for him to get his first goal. Is he a danger man? No. Um, <laughs> Benny Traore, haven't seen anything. Well, I should say, haven't seen enough from him. He was one on one away at Forest with the keeper, hit it straight at the keeper. Difficult chance, but that's that's all we've really seen mm. from him. Uh, Hamer looks fantastic, as I've already mentioned. But if we had Illiman and Dai, I'd feel very, very different. And we don't. Ollie McBurney might make it back. Uh, he could be crucial, but he's going to come back from a long injury. Mm-hmm. So how, how fit's he going to be? Uh, it's going to be hard. Anel Ackman Hodzic, I would have said, is one of our star players, but he hasn't started the season quite as well as we'd have hoped. In fact, our best player really has been probably Ben Osborne, followed by Jack Robinson. And no one on earth <laughs> would have thought those two would have been our, our most consistent performers. But by God, they have been. Yeah, Ahmad Odzic is a he's a really interesting player. Football manager lovers will will have known him. Um, I actually think he, he obviously been Bosnian. This makes sense, but he, he said uh, his his idol is Man City legend Edin Dzeko. Um, and I think a, a couple of years ago, he got some people thinking perhaps there's a, a transfer to City down the line. But we'll have to wait and see in this well, Premier League season. I, I could just say, you know, without being someone who's uh... Eleven a reef, like trying to up your story. I've um, I've interviewed Anel on on our channel, Fantastic. and we asked him who he, we asked him who his idol was, and he said uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic <laughs> because he because he was born in Sweden. So, so that's that's that one out the water. That's not 
yeah, forget that. <laughs> just nonsense. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I'm I gonna... mean, look, he he may have said in the past that Edin Dzeko yeah, is his yeah. idol, and I'm sure he loves Edin Dzeko. But he was born in Sweden. Yeah, and he played for Malmo. His hero also played for Malmo. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to find the quote now. Can't be having that. You're going to um, have to watch my interview with him. Yeah, That's what true, you're going to have to do. True, yeah. Need the views, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, reliable source. Uh, but Hal, I've really enjoyed it. It's been lots of fun. I wish you enough luck that won't bring about a Sheffield United win or draw on Sunday. But uh, I've had plenty of fun. And, and yeah, you're welcome so What back kind anytime. of luck is that? <laughs> It's not a lot, is it? To be honest, it's no. it's not. In the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot. But you hope that I don't get injured watching the game. <laughs> yeah, I hope you have a moderately fun time, but not a, an exceptionally memorable one. Um... Listen, mate, I'm going to one of the busiest pubs in Cyprus. I'm going to have a great time. Well, true, what. true. Uh, football notwithstanding, um, Hal, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, if you want to listen more to Hal, you can head over to the Chef United Way. Links in the description as usual. Until next time, this has been the City Report podcast. We'll see you later. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.